podcast. Hey. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome to uh, Screen on the Park Spot Part Two. As I feel like we're starting afresh. Yeah, it feels weird. I don't know if I remember how to how to podcast. I don't either. How do we speak? Yeah, we'll let Nathan take over. Wish us all luck. We'll see what happens. Nathan is joining us. Hey guys, how are you? Hi, we're good. Yeah, Chris is too busy for us, so obviously. Uh, next in line always, Nathan. <laughs> I'm honored and a little insulted. So this is, <laughs> this is nice. It's just the way I like to feel. How's um, it going, guys? It's going. It's a, it is a quarantine still. Yeah. We're all working from home still. Um, so we are doing this from Zoom. You probably, hopefully you can't tell from the audio quality, but, um, yeah, I kind of, I actually, you know, not not because he's not here, but I think Chris was always the, I think it was his was always the issue. He, he, something about the quality on his audio. Yeah, on. just blame Chris because he can't defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, we, we stopped there for a little while. Um, Justin had his kids to worry about, but that settled down a little bit. And yeah, a little bit. I feel we didn't want people to forget us, so. Here we are. We're still here, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> we still have listeners. Yeah, we still exist. <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff's been going on with movies, even though there are no movies to actually go see in the theater. Um, but uh, let's start with some movie news. Nathan, you have some stuff to talk about? Movie news, and not only that, local news, too. Uh, Deadline just announced that Kevin Wilmot, uh, Oscar-winning screenwriter and KU professor. I was very honored to take a class of his 11 years ago now. I'll really date myself. Um, his new directorial film, um, the 24th, is going to be on VOD. It was supposed to premiere at South by Southwest this past March, obviously, when the pandemic really, really hit. Uh, South by Southwest was one of the first big things to get canceled, but it will be on VOD on August 21st, so three weeks from when this airs, which is really exciting. Um, a friend of mine, Tosin Morumfola, is one of the uh, stars of the movie. He's been in Kevin's projects before. When he was a student at KU, we both were uh, both class of 2010. And he recently has been in I'm Sorry, uh, the Andrea Savage sitcom. He was in the first uh, season of The Shy. Um, Tosin, and he was in a couple of like I think a Jack Daniels commercial and a Capital <laughs> Federal commercial too so he he is he is becoming a that guy he is recognizable for sure so I'm excited um to to bring in a movie that you guys didn't get to talk to talk about on the podcast uh Defy Bloods thoughts now that it's been uh whether you believe it or not a month and a half since it's wow. been out what did everybody think of Defy Bloods which Kevin uh, co-wrote with Spike Lee um I thought their performances were outstanding um I felt like there was a lot going on. The like the treasure hunt aspect of it um felt a little weird, but I really liked it. It's a lot of it's a lot like Spike's other stuff and Justin and I were actually texting all that week and I had posted in my Instagram stories I did a week of Spike like just as much as I could watch whether it was something I had revisited like do the right thing or he got game or something I was seeing for the first time like um uh when the levees uh, broke and he, you know, like, I think some of, uh, it's like a lot of Spike stuff. There's a lot and it's two and a half hours. And mm -hmm. even in two and a half hours, it's a lot, but yeah, Delroy Lindo, so however, good. however the Oscars shake up, if there will be an Oscar ceremony, 
he needs to be a, a contender oh. for best actor. The dude is incredible in it. Yeah, he's great. I really liked how a lot of his shots were just like super tight, tight, tight on his face too. Mm-hmm. Um, it just made you feel like really connected and um, it, it felt it was, a lot more powerful that way too. There was a there was a question, and sorry, I'll, I keep cutting Justin off. There was a question that a podcast that Justin and I listened to asked the weekend that it came out. It was like, is this important because it's a Spike Lee film or is it important because it's something new? that we get to see in our homes. I mean, this is a month and a half ago. So it's like, we're talking three months into this pandemic. And I think at the time I was really like, it's a Spike Lee film. This is an event because of him. And then, you know, now that I've kind of distanced myself from it, I I don't think about it as much as I thought I would have at this point. Um, You know, it it, it was entertaining for sure. Um, But, you know, it's like I I revisited Do the Right Thing a few weeks back and I'm like, this is still a masterpiece. And and it feels like The Five Bloods is just like weighs up your mind for a few weeks afterwards. And you're thinking about it. Yeah, I feel that way, too. I mean, honestly, when you brought up The Five Bloods, I was like, how did I feel about that? (laughs) So long since I even thought about it or. Yeah. I don't even really remember what I thought about it. I do remember the performances standing out for sure. And yeah, I don't think it was by any means my favorite movie or even my favorite Spike Lee movie. I think I like mm-hmm. Black Klansman a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was exciting that it was something new and um, definitely interesting. And it had some really good things about it too. So I, I don't mm-hmm. think it was, you know, a bad movie by any means. But mm-hmm. Justin, what do you think? I remember feeling kind of blown away by it when I watched it. Um, and a lot of it was the performances and just certain sequences. Uh, in the film and like if anything there's a lot of like like kind of the tone changes a lot which I think is one of those things that you can do when it's a streaming film or even Spike Lee for that matter he kind of you know um like Black Klansman is a good example of another like it's it's really funny but it's also you know serious incredibly serious and um but uh yeah but I agree that now that we're talking about it I guess I haven't thought about it in a while as opposed to like I watched Do the Right Thing for the first time a few weeks ago, and that one I have thought a lot about since then. So it's, you know, not, not that, like, we should ever be like, well, that's not that good because Do the Right Thing is better. But, but you know what I mean? Like, I guess yeah. it was something I really, really liked when I saw it at the time, but haven't thought about it. As opposed to one new movie I've seen was Palm Springs, and that's one that I loved and I have thought a lot about. Mm-hmm. Kind of want to rewatch it now that I've said now that we're talking about it. I, mm-hmm. I think I was also a little confused by the plot too, because like, uh, who is it, Jean Renault? Yeah, it? yeah. And I didn't really understand his role in that whole thing with the goal. You know, it was a little confusing. But it, there, there are a few like devices that that don't seem to work and then uh not to use a pun here but then there are like devices like the the minefield that that work very well i i you knew I was that really, was coming back you knew that I was, was gonna be part of it but still so jarred like yeah. i've never been more like i haven't had a jump moment and especially like not in a theater in a long time to to get a jump out of me and in my apartment is saying a lot so i, uh, I was I the opposite i was the one going oh he's gonna step on a, oh, oh, gonna. there it is there it is oh, i knew it was gonna happen <laughs> like I was watching it like like this though like I just I, if I knew yeah. something was coming it was still frightening but yeah. um yeah uh sorry so to put to put a button on the Kevin news though uh, <laughs> yeah the, the 24th is it's uh based on a true story and it's um uh black army regiment in Houston um that was uh, assaulted and harassed by the police 
force in, in Houston, Texas and the, the confrontation that happened thereafter. So uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to, to getting to see it in a few weeks. Especially something he's doing solo and not with Spike. I'm, I'm interested mm-hmm. um, for sure. And if it's going to be out that soon, that's, that's something to be excited about. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so in other movie news, <laughs> a lot of things are getting delayed. A lot of things that we thought were going to be coming out, you know, this month, I guess, wait, are we in July? I don't know. It keeps getting pushed back, <laughs> but, um, things aren't happening for the poor movie theaters. So even, um, all of the big blockbusters that AMC was kind of hoping for to reopen their theaters, uh, got pushed back. So now AMC is kind of again in moral peril yeah (laughs) it's not um they don't have anything to open for so uh tenant is getting pushed back indefinitely i think mulan i don't remember all of the other ones um oh yeah that actually came out like yesterday or the day yeah whether it holds or not i guess but that one is going to be like august 26th they're going to release it overseas and then Labor Day weekend, they'll release select theaters. It's selecting, well, like I guess whoever will play them, which um, kind of feels like a um, like a compromise in a sense. Like if if of course it actually does open, because I wouldn't be surprised if it gets delayed again. But you know, because I know some theaters like Screenland, of course, is open, and and I guess some states their numbers are are so low, their COVID numbers are so low that you know the chances of them being able to open up are higher than places like you know, Kansas City or LA or whatever. And I know that a lot of these filmmakers, like Nolan has in, like uh, it's contracted that these movies have to go to theaters. And so I kind of wonder if it's like a studio compromise that's saying like, well, we're just going to push it out, but then two or three months later, we're just going to put it on VOD anyways. And now we're like honoring the contract, but we're still going to be able to get it released and kind of cut our losses. I would feel totally safe going to a movie theater. The way that they have the seats spread out and if you wear a mask the whole time, I mean, I really honestly don't see how that's any different than, you know, going to get a haircut. Oh, sure. Probably safer than getting a haircut because you're not next to somebody that, you know, you don't know. Yeah. The biggest biggest thing for me in general, I guess, is just like even going to the store, there are people who aren't following the... Right. You know, and they're right next to you. Like at least in a, like the way that they would have selling tickets, it's spaced out enough. Yeah. And you would wear a mask. I wouldn't have a problem wearing a mask for a couple hours to see it. Right. Sure. Um, so uh, I, I hope they open soon. Yeah. It occurred. It it occurred to me when you guys invited me on that the last time I stepped foot in a movie theater was with Justin. Yeah. Uh, to see Batman, <laughs> 1989's Batman. Uh, the, wow. the day before the lockdown, it was March 15th, because yeah. I was trying to rack my brain. I feel like the last new movie that I saw, new release, would have been Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and that was February. Oh, right. Um, I am, I, and, I, and I, I don't want to get too, too uh, whatever personal here, but I, I, I feel terrible because it's like, I really want to go support Screenland, especially. Yeah. Um, who is they're doing outdoor movies and indoor movies and and what we'll talk about later with what we've been watching kind of a spoiler here they're playing Twin Peaks Firewalk with me this weekend which is a favorite of mine I would love to see it in the big screen but I'm one of those people that still feel super uncomfortable going out in public like I just don't even with masks even with constant hand sanitizing uh, it's like for me it's the store or work are kind of the only two places that I'll I'll be willing to go 
Um, but you bring up a great point, Sarah. Like I think that, but I think that a reason that we're not getting big, big movies though is because they're counting on a sold out theater yeah. and not a, and not a 25% capacity. Right. They have theater. to make it worth their while, right? Cause it's Absolutely. a lot of money to open those places back up and Absolutely. run a theater again and bring your employees back. And if you're only going to sell a few tickets, like what's the point? So I do as much as that I think ahead, Justin. The they, they were hoping that it would have legs where like it, it, maybe theaters would start opening up along the way and it would just still be out and people could still go see it. But selfishly, I'm just like, the sooner it comes to whatever theaters, the sooner it'll be available on VOD or to rent or whatever, <laughs> so I can watch it. Because yeah. I'm like in my living room, like I just feel like that's, I feel like that for any Chris Nolan movie, like I want to yeah. see it in IMAX. Totally. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I would probably hope that it, I could wait and maybe someday, sometime it'll come to Kansas City, but also if other people are seeing it, it's going to be really hard for me to wait too. Yeah, that's a good point. At, th at this point though, I'm just itching to watch anything new, like any opportunity we get anything new. It's like, I, I, I'm, you know, going to flock to it. So if, if they told me, hey, okay, Tenet is going to be on VOD in October, I would be really excited. Well, and it's like Tenet, Tenet's obviously been kind of the biggest narrative, I feel like, but then one that just was also this past week, and Sarah, I think this is probably hits close for you too, the French Dispatch was taken off the calendar entirely too. And, and to Justin's point, I think Wes Anderson follows under that same kind of Christopher Nolan contract or agreement or whatever it is. Like he yeah. wants his movies played in a theater. Oh, yeah, um, theater. And I had, you know, I completely, whether it's pandemic related or not, I've just like forgotten about Disney owns Fox now but since that I think the French Dispatch was in production before that merger happened a buyout happened they have to adhere to whatever deal they had with Anderson in the first place so it's not like we're going to see the French Dispatch on Disney plus in two months um but you know that was also a, a rumored heavy hitting Oscar contender and we don't know if that's going to be Oscar's March or Oscars March 2022 now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that there's any indication when things are going to start coming out again. Because Bond was scheduled for November, and I don't mm -hmm. think they pushed that back again yet. I don't remember if I heard that news or not. As far as I know, they have said November, and that's supposedly mm -hmm. when it's coming. I think it's the last I heard, too. Um, so I think it, it's just going to be a maybe if maybe if Tenet really does release and theaters decide to open maybe we'll start seeing some stuff show up but I, I kind of think it's gonna get things are just gonna keep getting well keep tell us about Bill and Ted is that you said that's coming out on VOD Sorry. yeah I was gonna say or there maybe they'll follow the Bill and Ted thing so Bill and Ted is gonna come out in like what theaters will play them so you know again hopefully Screenland um, is able to get it but at the same time it'll be released on VOD on I think it was September 3rd also or September 1st or something like that um, which, of course, I'm excited about because I'm excited for Bill and Ted. B&B is also doing movies inside, too. That They're open. Which one? B&B. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, maybe there will be places. There are theaters that are open that you could go to. Yeah. And they Bill and Ted, for me, is, like, yeah. something that probably does work better at home or streaming or whatever anyways versus, yeah, Tenet would be way better to see in theaters. But, um, yeah, Bill and Ted 3. They, when they released a new trailer, um, a few days ago which looks great yeah that's the next thing i'm pretty excited about because i don't i don't know if anything new is coming out i guess seth rogan has his hbo max movie the 
American pickle. But besides that, I'm not sure what we've got. So Bill and Ted is what I've got to look forward to now. Okay. Who, who knew that that was going to be? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if none of this has happened, we would have already seen T Tenet. Uh, probably would have had a new Wes Anderson. So, yeah. And then we would have had Bond to look forward to. And just, man. I know somebody posted a few days ago, it was like, well, uh, Tenet would have been out right now. And I'm like, well, screw you for ruining my day. Thank you. Because then it made me think about, like, we should have been able to see the new Wonder Woman by now. Or... Uh, yeah black widow or all the all these other yeah movies. black widow was may yeah it's so yeah well or or the new bond of course mm -hmm. right we seen forever ago and with vod that that's now tied into the the universal and amc deal right sarah that the the calendar window is shrunk so now they're going 15 from days yes yes yep which so they were they were trolls right yeah, which, which you know I'm an expert on. Trolls change the world, man. Did you say trolls what? Change the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's not know, it was a kids movie, and I think parents at that point were just, we need anything, something oh, to keep our kids. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that same model works for sure other films. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I. I think even before the pandemic, like people going to theaters, the numbers were down anyways. And I yeah. think people were starting to really get into just staying home and watching something. Um, the, yeah, I guess the universal thing is, it really is a matter of perspective. Cause I feel like if you are, especially maybe a, a local independent theater, it, it's a little, there's a little danger there because now that window has shrunk considerably by months now it was like 74 days to 17 i think it's just wild that's absolutely crazy and then you know not to cite another podcast but also like you said sarah i mean that that theater numbers have been down anywhere box office revenue depending on what it is if you're not the avengers um you know this is kind of maybe the model going forward and it's and it's really unfortunate that a, a pandemic has been the thing to show it but it's like you're, we're kind of looking, maybe looking the future in the face right now with what Universal is doing. So, yeah, um, I completely agree. I think, yeah, yeah, the whole moving forward, even when theaters do open, things are changed. Like people are going to make movies differently now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think we're going to see a lot of like quarantined movies, you know, a lot of one single locations, small amount of people, um, which of course, I don't know how that'll translate to some of these bigger movies, but you know, it's going to be kind of crazy mm -hmm. and I love going you know I will always I think things will change like you know obviously when you have kids things change because it's like babysitter pay the babysitter it's an yeah. expensive night to go out to a theater um but you know being in a relationship and not having kids it's like that's what we do it's Friday right. Saturday Sunday like what do you want to do we go to the movies you know yeah yeah for as like I said for as much as there's a, a pit in my stomach about uh, a, a fear of getting sick or a fear of being out in the world. I do, I do miss going to movies. Like it, it's really strange. And now, and especially like seeing second run movies come back and some of my favorites come back. It's like, it's, it's, it's a tough thing to, to resist that temptation. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, one thing that has been uh, at least there to comfort us is the lovely television with some uh, really great shows. And, uh, the Emmys are out, the Emmy nominations are out, and it's uh, stuff that was, you know, pre-pandemic, pre, pre -pandemic, 
so we're starting to see all the nominations from the stuff that we were watching, you know, last fall and um, when TV shows were still uh, able to tape and going on. So um, let's talk about the Emmy nominations. Is there anything you guys were like super excited to see or any snubs yeah. or? Well, Watchmen, hell yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we just finished rewatching Shit's Creek recently. So it was, it was fun to see um, like all four of the main, main cast members got nominations and then uh, just everything else it got. That's really exciting. Um, I, my, funny enough, my mom was asking me all my thoughts and I'm like, well, honestly, I'm really not caught up on television. So that's why all I've really got to be excited about is Shit's Creek being nominated. You've had so much time for television. How are you not caught up? Cause I'm, I've been watching movies and we keep watching like New Girl and, and Shit's Creek again. And, yeah. Um, uh, but I only just started watching some TV shows in the, within the last week. But, uh, but I, I know I. You know, I, I get excited because I know people liked Watchmen, so I'm excited that Watchmen was in there, and it was fun seeing Stranger Things get a nomination, which also felt weird. It feels like so long ago that season three came out with that, but, um, or Miss Maisel got a lot of stuff, you know. Yeah, the Emmys, I always forget their calendar is so much, it's drastically different than the Golden Globes. Because it's like, wait a minute, some of this, this season for these shows Stranger were already things. nominated. Stranger yeah. Things, like when, I, what was I even doing when Stranger Things came out? That was <laughs> a million years ago. I'm excited for Justin also because he's joined the world of HBO Max, so he gets to experience Watchmen, uh, which has yeah. honestly made me want to revisit. Sarah, I know you and I were both big fans of it last year, and it's... Yeah. It was the, it was the, <laughs> I'm going to cite a show that I never watched. It was kind of the Game of Thrones this year. <laughs> like it had the most amount of nominations uh, and yeah. six acting, six acting nominations is awesome. Yeah. And Schitt's Creek had a ton too. I think mm -hmm. they had 15. 15, yeah. Yeah. Now I've never watched Schitt's Creek. Do you think that <laughs> a lot of that is like fan service? I know it is like one of the most beloved shows of like, any circle of friends that I have, I feel like the internet loves it. Yeah. But do you think like the Emmys, like it will actually come home with any wins? I think it might actually. Mm -hmm. I, I cannot see, so let's go through this really quick. Um, outstanding lead actress in a comedy series is Christine, excuse me, Christina Applegate for Dead to Me, Rachel Brosnahan for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Linda Cardellini for Dead to Me, Catherine O'Hara for Schitt's Creek, and Issa Rae for Insecure. Oh, and then Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish. I cannot imagine a world where Catherine O'Hara doesn't get that, but I could also see uh, Issa Rae getting it. Yeah, I was well. going to say Insecure, yeah. Um, but I think, like, for most people, they feel like Catherine O'Hara is, like, running a clinic on comedy, on, like, how to be a comedic actress in that show. Not that I haven't seen Insecure, but, like, it's also, like, a very popular and uh, loved show as well. But, like, I feel like universally, like, for a comedy series, like, Catherine O'Hara is just like, that's it, you know? Like, mm -hmm. this is how you do it. She's on another um, level. So. Plus, it's the final season, and like you said, it's it's been so beloved, and, you know, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, if at the least it gets, maybe, maybe it wins Best Comedy, you know? Um, mm -hmm. like some of the, I know a lot of the acting category, it's, it's, it is a little tight, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can't think of another comedy that, um, I guess, maybe besides Insecure, and I know Miss Maisel, of course, but, like, Rachel Brosnahan usually wins that category. He's yeah. gonna say Maisel's been, yeah. But it's also hard. kind of maybe in that slump. I don't know. Maybe. And Shit's Creek is a little more recent, and because it's streaming, I don't know. I just think that, like, um, you know, maybe it's gonna be 
more on people's minds and I don't know. And they've decided, did, did I just read this today or in the last couple of days, it's going to be all from home, virtual, yeah, virtual ceremony. Yeah, I'm excited to see what that looks like. Like, is, is it, are pe- the nominees going to be involved in like, what, you know, live on a Zoom or something? Or is it just going to be somebody, you know, making jokes and handing out, you know, and then enlisting winners? I'm, I'm excited to see how that turns out. I haven't seen anything about the telecast. Yeah, I don't know anything about the telecast. Honestly, I was, I didn't even know the nominations were happening. Yeah. <laughs> Until Dustin was like, Emmy noms are out. I'm like, what? Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, this is such a weird year that I just haven't been, and we haven't been podcasting every week, so I'm just not really in tune with a lot of the things that are happening. So I don't know what's, how they're doing that at all. Yeah, I, yeah, go ahead, Justin. I was just going to say, you know, even the dramas, I haven't really been watching any of these. Um, you know, I watched, I mean, Handmaid's Tale, I kind of watched off and on on season three when, when Casey was watching it, but... I know, Sarah, you you're, you love Succession, and they got a ton of nominations. Here, here are the drama series noms. It's Better Call Saul. I love Better Call Saul. The Crown, Handmaid's Tale, Killing Eve, The Mandalorian, which surprises me, yeah. but I'm happy about it. Um, Ozark, Stranger Things, and Succession. Is Succession a drama? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, that, and well, that's, a, that's a genuine question. All I ever hear about yes. is how funny it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. I definitely think it's a drama that has really, it does make me laugh a lot, but just because the characters, like, some of their lines are just, like, hilarious. Is this, like, the Golden Globes calling Get Out a comedy? Like, is this, is this, like, a a, a confusion of genre here? No. I mean, it definitely is a drama that has, like, funny characters with funny lines, but, like, for sure, like, the overall, like, tone is dramatic and Mm -hmm. serious. But yeah, it is damn funny too. Just, I, I mean, they're freaking, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like the most rich ass outlandish characters just doing some crazy shit that is funny. Yeah, it's, it's the show besides Watchmen that I'm gonna try really hard to watch because I have HBO Max for a while. Yeah, I mean, for sure out of those, like Better Call Saul, I feel like should win because I feel like Ray Seahorn and also, um, my Blakey, um, Odenkirk, Bob Odenkirk got, mm-hmm. got snubs. Um, neither of them got nominated, and I don't think they've ever won, even though Bob's been nominated before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a good show, and I just don't feel like it gets any praise from the award shows at all. So, um, I, I actually would rather see that win than Succession, even though I do love some Succession. Sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I feel like Better Call Saul's owed some things, uh-huh. especially because they snubbed the two actors who 100% deserve to be nominated. I bet that's going to be one of those that, unless the final season, for whatever reason, is terrible, that the final season's probably going to yeah. get a lot of I agree. attention. Yeah. The shows I watch just are never nominated. I, where's The Boys? Amazon from Amazon. <laughs> Did you say The Boys? The Boys. <laughs> the Boys? The Boys, the superhero one on Amazon. I don't even know what that is. I've never even heard of that. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah, that's on Amazon. It's It's got uh, Dennis Quaid's son is like the lead guy, and Carl Urban is in it. Never uh, heard of it. Simon Pegg is in it. It's it's really good. I mean, I think I, I've seen most of these. I've never really got into The Crown, but people love that, and that wins a lot. I stopped yeah, watching Handmaid's Tale, and I've never seen Killing Eve. But the rest this of them, was you know? my only big kind of snub 
Um, it's funny because I, I, I watch a lot more new stuff than I think I typically would outside of a pandemic. I'm usually pretty dated with anything that I'm watching uh, unless it like just really grabs a hold of me. But I did watch, um, I know this much is true, the, the limited series that was on HBO. Uh, oh, with Mark Ruffalo? With Mark Ruffalo, who did get nominated. Good for him. I'm a little bummed out that Derek C. in France, who directed the whole thing, got snubbed. Um, I've gone on at length about how much I love Blue Valentine, and this felt like a real return for him because he hasn't, he kind of disappeared after uh, The Light Between Oceans, which was a big dud. Uh, and this was like incredibly well made, but it is a huge bummer. Uh, if, if I know Justin is trying to binge stuff, don't binge. I know this much is true. I, don't think I'm is, I would tell you about it every week. It, it is a gigantic bummer, but Mark Ruffalo, like really, I, I don't think he'll win. Um, and I don't know who the other nominees are against him off the top of my head, but I don't think he'll win just because it, it's a very showy performance. Like, so he shot everything and then six weeks went by and he gained 35 pounds and like grew his hair out and then came back and played his own twin. Um, so it's like a big, it's a big physical part. Um, and he does a great job. I'm just not the biggest Mark Ruffalo fan. Uh, I'll go on. I'll, I'll say it. <laughs> he, he's, he's fine. If, if anybody's looking for a hot Ruffalo take, um, I think he's fine. But like he, he does a really good job in the series. Uh, Catherine Hahn is incredible in it. Um, but yeah, I was a little disappointed to see say in France not get nominated for anything in that because it, it but it's, it's more of a Ruffalo project. I feel like his face was everywhere uh literally twice because he's two people in it how is um, Catherine Hahn is just one of those actors that continually pushes out really 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 good work and like nobody knows her name it's oh, she from the from the podcast that I listen to she seems to be like an industry it's like it's like calling somebody a musician's musician like people in that industry, yes <laughs> people in the industry love her and like I watched I watched Mrs. Fletcher when it was on HBO and and like I don't even know why I didn't particularly think the series is great but she was great in it um yeah she's just like an incredible actress that that I don't know put her in everything I, I think she yeah. does a great job she isn't that's a thing she isn't everything but she's like mm -hmm. always kind of like a, almost a background character I don't I don't really know like I don't feel yeah. like she's you know, she could have easily been in, like, Handmaid's Tale or something and taken oh, yeah. Elizabeth Moss role, but, like, she would have been, like, one of the uh, little side characters, and it's like, mm -hmm. oh, well, that girl's in everything, but I don't even, you know, what, who is she? She's been she, kind of getting her due now. She, I remember seeing her in an interview where she joked that she and Judy Greer uh, wanted yeah. to make a movie called, like, Best, Best, Best Friends. Friends. Yeah, they were the friends of the person getting married or something like that, yeah. and I thought it was kind of... Yeah, I know. Judy Greer is another one that kind of doesn't yeah. get her. Um, I'm surprised. So Watchmen wasn't nominated for Outstanding Drama. Well, it was on limited series. It's limited series, oh, yeah, limited. which is which is weird because right, it's right. supposedly get, getting picked up for season two. Um, I need to look at what the Emmy definition is between Outstanding Drama series and limited series. I, I'm sure it's an episode count, probably. Yeah, um, I'm sure it could also be depending on maybe what like maybe i wonder if anthologies are on limited can are considered limited series i know for a fact well that's that's great because true detective fell under that for its first season now it's never been nominated since but I, that's i think at the time it, it was kind of in the well, well watch one's interesting because i don't think anybody knew that true detective was picked up for season two when it got nominated and i have to really scratch my brain for that for, because it's been six years but watchman has been widely publicized that there will be another season of it um, and so it's, it's interesting that it got the limited series 
category. Was Big Little Lies also in that category too? I think yeah. so. And yep. they got several, they got another season. Um, I, didn't, I never watched season two. I, I watched season yeah. one, but I never watched season two. Fine. Yeah, I, again, it's like acting was, but I don't know that the story was totally amazing. Um, outstanding comedy series was Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Good Place, Dead to Me, Insecure, The Kaminsky Method, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Schitt's Creek, and What We Do in the Shadows. Kaminsky Method wins a lot, and so does Maisel. Curb kind of feels like a, well, we're not going to ignore it. I don't know. I, I, I thought Curb was fine this season. There are moments I really laughed, but it's certainly not. It's not the show that it it used to be that's true but it's also the one that makes me probably laugh the most out of all of these <laughs> i though i do love marvelous mrs Maisel. i, I love marvelous Ma mrs Maisel for like just what it is and yeah. the joy it brings to me but <laughs> laughing wise like the comedy i get like is more like of a curve but mm -hmm. and schitt's creek is really good too i was happy to see what we do in the shadows on there because that is another show that i watch and enjoy a lot and i was kind it's of supposed to be great yeah yeah it's very happy. I was wrong. Big Little Lies was not nominated for limited series. Sorry. It wasn't. It was just drama. I don't think it was nominated for. Um, I think it was only nominated in the acting categories. Gotcha. Okay. Um, actor in a lead comedy: Anthony Anderson for Blackest, John Don Cheadle for Black Monday, Ted Danson for The Good Place, Michael Douglas for Kaminsky Method. Eugene Levy for Schitt's Creek, Rami Yusuf for Rami. I really want to watch Rami. Yeah. After that surprise Golden Globe win that he got, uh, I remember it really put it on my radar. Like, I, I was interested in season two has Mahershala Ali in it. Yep. Who's uh, also nominated this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh, I haven't, it's one of those, like, I kind of forget about it until, like, something like this happens. And I'm like, oh, yeah, th there's that show. Uh, but and I, maybe he wins and maybe Michael Douglas wins. But again, I just don't see how Eugene Levy wouldn't. Sure. Yeah. I think Anthony Anderson either set a record or tied a record for the amount of uh, nominations he's gotten on the Emmys, I think. I, I think I saw some, and I probably shouldn't have mentioned that since I don't know the specifics, but <laughs> it's a good group of people. Yeah. Love Don Cheadle. Give Don Cheadle everything. And then for drama series, it's Jason Bateman for Ozark, Brian Cox for Succession, Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, Steve Carell for The Morning Show, Der Jeremy Strong for Succession, and Billy Porter for Pose. So another group, good group. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't really have a favorite in that. I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> uh, if I you were going to pick between like, Brian Cox and Jeremy Strong, Sarah, who would you pick? Probably Jeremy Strong. Mm -hmm. Brian Cox is great too, but I would probably go with Jeremy Strong. And then actress in a drama is Jennifer Aniston for The Morning Show, Olivia Coleman for The Crown, Judy Comer for Killing, Jody Comer for Killing Eve, Laura Lenny for Ozark, Sandra Oh for Killing Eve, and Zendaya for Euphoria. That's where I think Ray Seahorn should have been in and should have won. I uh, keep meaning to watch Killing Eve also. It's another one. I think it's on Hulu, and my wife and I talk about it all the time, and then just never get to it. But The Morning Show didn't even interest me, to be honest. But, I started it, and then our, like, Apple, you can get a couple episodes for free, and then you have to, like, sign up, and I only watch, like, three episodes. It's fine. I think the only thing I heard about the morning show, it's kind of like a, it's like a big, well-done mess. Like, it's got <laughs> star power, and it's got high production value. 
but it's like it's like soapy at its center like it's still yeah. like a lot of melodrama from the episodes i saw that's very true it is very well shot very mm. pretty but yeah I, yeah so that's the emmys um it's exciting that there are emmys happening yeah maybe, <laughs> you know maybe i'll watch watchmen before the the announce the winners happen so i can have you a, definitely a, should uh, absolutely I, man recommend i can't believe you haven't it's just such a justin show well i haven't had hbo until just now and uh i you know um naively i, I started watching doom patrol instead of watchmen I, I, <laughs> I my priorities were were not in the right place um but doom patrol is a lot of fun and that is also a justin show just a quick question so we don't go down the rabbit hole. I know Sarah and I talked about this back in the fall, but Justin, you don't have any history with Watchmen. You never, you, you didn't read the comic, but, uh, but you've seen the movie. I've seen the movie yeah. and, uh, you know, liked it, didn't love it. Um, but no, I have not read the graphic novel. I think the, I think the movie is enough context for you because there is, and I remember Sarah and I talked about this quite a bit, like there is a lot of, for it, for it taking place in its own timeline and own storyline, it is very much, uh, it, it relies a lot of, on that original material too. There, there's stuff that's good to know going into it. So you're gonna like, what? <laughs> uh, so what else have you guys been watching since we last spoke? Yeah. I've, Sarah, I've been watching so much stuff that if I was, I, it would take me the whole podcast to list them. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just mention some to, to stand out. Uh, Palm Springs, of course, on Hulu. Um, that was su such a surprise of how much I enjoyed that. I loved how little I knew about it going into it, also. Um, like, I think the Groundhog Day as aspect kind of got, is, I only learned about that, like, really quickly before it came out. Um, and I kind of wish I wouldn't have known anything. But, um, yeah, really, really enjoyed that one. Um, I, so because... The only reason I got HBO Max, funny enough, was because I had been re-watching the X-Men movies, um, which was a lot of fun to, to go back through all of those. And I couldn't find Dark Phoenix anywhere, not even to, like I couldn't rent it even. And that was kind of, cause I was like, I, I, I did not want to buy it, but I, I was willing to pay two or $3 to rent it. Not available to rent anywhere. The only place it was, was HBO Max. So I got a trial of HBO Max just to rewatch Dark Phoenix. And it's still terrible. Um, but I decided to keep HBO Max for a month because there's just too much on there for me to fit in in seven days. I, that's another reason why I haven't started Watchmen yet was because I made the decision to keep it for a month. So now I've got time. But I've been watching Doom Patrol, which is fun. But I watched Apocalypse Now for the first time. Um, oh, yeah. Today, which is incredible. You know, I've been revisiting a lot of classics lately because I have the time. And this is probably this and the two and Godfather part one and part two are the only ones that have like really kind of still blown me away as far as being classics. Um, you know, I, I, re I watched 2001 A Space Odyssey a few days ago and it's got some gorgeous visuals in there, but it's a very boring movie <laughs> and was really hard to really hard to pay attention to. Um, Nathan shaking his head. I is a real hot take here. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't focus on it. But Apocalypse Now, especially the second half of the movie, I was like glued to the screen um, and was very happy to, to, have, to finally sit down and watch it. Because I, I tried it. That was another one I tried to find not long ago and then just randomly came across it on HBO Max. So now I sound like a big plug for HBO Max, but there's a ton of classics on there and I'm happy to have finally watched it. 
Um, yeah, then yeah, Godfather Part One and Two, which I borrowed from Nathan to watch, but those also very much deserve their status as a as a classic. Hey, Nathan. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll condense this because there are two, the only two things I really want to talk about, but uh, I'll, I'll shill for HBO Max. Hell yeah, if they want to especially pay me because it's a great service. And I really do think <laughs> it like, I really, when they rolled it out too, I think this might be saying too much or hyperbolic. I think it kind of rivals Netflix in a little bit because you have all of their original content and then a pretty incredible catalog of stuff that was on there, especially for a, a classic movie lover. Um, their price is always the thing for me is the only reason I'm going to keep it for a month is I don't want to pay 15 bucks a month. Like that's yeah. just a lot. And I, I didn't know the catalog is great, but I didn't know the trial was only a week. Also, I thought it would be at least two weeks for you, um, which ties into my next thing. When the pandemic started, it was probably three weeks. I tried out criterion channel. Um, and if you are a big, big film movie nerd uh, for international silent classic stuff, it's, it's worth it. I, I recently stopped my subscription just because I'm, I'm getting to go back to work. Um, and with libraries being open, it's a little easier to check stuff out. But Criterion Channel was incredible for the, for the couple months that I had. I loved it. Um, the two things that I've been watching recently, uh, one has been the new Perry Mason. Anybody watching Perry Mason? I know, Justin, you just get HBO Max. Sarah, are you watching Perry Mason? I haven't. I've heard good things about it, though. It, it is very entertaining. And I think that that is kind of the only... That? Sorry. Uh, oh, my God. Matthew Reese, um, who was yeah, right, yeah. supposedly incredible in The Americans, which I never watched, which oh, shame on so me, good. and has one of the best girls episodes, too. Uh, he is, he's uh, yeah. really, really great. But uh, yeah, Perry Mason's interesting because it started right when I know this much is true ended. And I kind of thought like, I was like, okay, this would be a good bit of like escapism because that was a really hard series. And also, uh, I think you and I both watched, did you watch Last Dance while it was on ESPN? Oh, yeah. Yes, love the last dance, and so I was kind of looking for something. It is, and a lot of people, yeah, definitely, definitely recommended. Um, but Perry Mason is really good. I don't know; it, it kind of finally has found where it's going. There's been a lot of storylines, and especially because it's only eight episodes, and they've already announced the season two. Um, I'm interested to see how it wraps up, and if season two will just be a whole new mystery, because um, it just had a lot of storylines going at once. But it is, it's entertaining. I, I'm kind of like. Oh, great. Like, this is, I, I haven't That's what I've heard about it, is that you really have to pay attention to the plot to yes. figure out what's going on. I think it'll be a good binge. If you get done with the eight weeks, and or because it'll end, it won't end this Sunday, but the Sunday after, and you're like, you know what, let's binge something. I think, that, I think that'd be really good, because you're, you're in it the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, and then the second thing is, I, I got really stuck in an early 90s kick. Um, I started watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which I haven't revisited since I was a kid. What is been, that on? It's on HBO Max. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, the whole the whole series, and that has been a great bit of escapism. Uh, just good, lighthearted stuff. And you would oddly enough, though, what got me to want to revisit it was the very powerful Will Smith scene where his dad comes back. Oh yeah, and then leaves. I'm like, wow, I want to cry. Let's put the whole thing on. So that's been good. And then I was watching it in tandem, and Justin's also been watching this with uh, Twin Peaks, which I mentioned earlier, um, which is a series that. I used to despise in my younger years and now have nothing but fondness for. And so uh, season one and seasons one and two are still on Netflix. They've been on there for many, many years now. Uh, and it, it was funny because there's a Twin Peaks reference in one of the first season Fresh Prince episodes. And so I was like, well, this is, this is meant to be then a strange little coincidence. So uh, how, I'll spare like, you. How is Fresh Prince holding up like with, 
you know, everything that's going on right now. Okay, I, I, I assume that it's very, still very relevant. So, so Megan is, my partner is five years younger than I am. And there have been a few things that I've been like, oh, like this is talking about so-and-so, a celebrity at the time, or whatever. The strangest thing, and I don't mean to kind of be cringy, honestly, the weirdest thing it references is Bill Cosby and the Cosby Show. Mm-hmm. That has, that has aged well, and there's a lot of that referencing in it too. Um, but it is extremely funny. Um, and when there is a reference that, that if you remember from it, it's like, you know, I was born, I was two when the show came out. So it's not like I was watching it when it was new, but I remember Nick at Night reruns. Like I remember being a bit big part of my youth. And so yes. when a joke, what'd you say, Justin? I think it was on TBS, like in my high school, when I was in yeah. high school or something, I'm watching on this. Like, it, so when it lands a reference that is a very much a 90s reference and you still laugh at it, I'm like, <laughs> wow, this, this show's got some longevity to it. Yeah. Um, but it's just... I mean, and maybe it's, maybe it's the uh, formula of a sitcom, but like jokes land, beats land. Like it, it is so well, well done. It's just so funny too. I think he's yeah. incredibly funny. Like I the guy like, is, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, he's just charismatic. And, and yeah, it's funny because Justin and I were doing kind of like, I was on a real weird Tom Cruise kick and it is strange that they're both Scientologists, but I was like, why am I watching Cocktail? Why am I watching The Firm? And it's because Tom Cruise has that weird movie star charisma. And Will Smith, exact same thing. Will like, Smith a Scientologist? He is? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. We, we, won't, we won't get into that. But, I, had, I had no, but, I literally had no idea. I've never heard like, that before. And, and it's funny, too, this other weird coincidence that Quincy Jones is the music supervisor on, on uh, Fresh Prince and Rashida Jones is, is his daughter. And her mom is on uh, Twin Peaks, uh, season one and two, and also The Return. So very strange. That is her mom. Peggy Lipton, they look exactly alike. Yes, they do. Very weird coincidence about Uh, those two shows being tied together. Joey mom also on Twin Peaks. Is also on Twin Peaks. That's what we keep forgetting to talk about. Mary Joey Chanel. Mom was an actress. Yes. Season Um, one of Twin Peaks has been great. And there was, but there was, uh, I forgot to mention that. Really great, but there, there, her mom pops up, and I'm like, man, she looks like Zoe Deschanel. And then I see. Totally forgot to tell you. Yeah. Credits. Crazy. Blew my mind. I yeah, they could be like, twins. Just going back real quick to like shows that hold up or not, like even just watching old movies or television shows. The thing that always I feel like doesn't hold up is just like the treatment of women. Like there's yeah, always sure. like, oh, you can't say that to women anymore. Like you can't cat call them like that. You can't hit on them like that. It's that's the stuff that always I feel like doesn't hold up and sure. I feel like Will probably in some of those Fresh Prince episodes the way he's like going after the honeys or whatever it's like <laughs> probably like yeah that wouldn't fly now but he gets shot down quite a bit and I think that I think that is is poignant about the show he's not typically like rewarded for his his borderline misogyny um so so <laughs> this is a very critical evaluation of Fresh Prince but sure. no, it, it, it's, it's been a good bit of like lighthearted fun Sarah what are you watching? Um, you know, honestly, we're kind of in that same mode where it's rewatching. Uh, mm-hmm. We did a community rewatch, which I yes. really enjoyed um, because I never watched them in order. It was always just like shows that I would catch on TV when they were showing it like on 38 The Spot. Um, so like that was so enjoyable. I laughed my butt off watching community. Um, and New Girl, we're now in season six of that. I'm still enjoying yes. that so much. Um, new shows, we watched uh, I May Destroy You um we watch how is that it it's hard for me it's it's really dark and yeah um it's kind of like a girls 
So it's got like those kind of gross elements to it where you're just like, I don't want to see, you know, like, I don't want to see that. Um, that's probably just me being a prude, but it's, it's also very just like super sexual, a lot about rape. So it's hard to watch. Very intense. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's intense to watch. Um, new shows we watched The Great on Hulu. Oh, and yeah, we did too. Love that. I thought that oh, yeah. was a really phenomenal show. I would recommend that. Um, we watched um, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the documentary. Um, for California State Killer, yeah. 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 Golden State Killer, yeah. Um, and uh, about his wife and the, yeah, the uh, Golden State Killer and her book and all that. Um, it's not over yet i think maybe there's one more episode really enjoying that too um and then yeah we kind of started to do like some older movies we watched blowout um the brian de palma movie yes um ryan made me watch uh apocalypto which was the mel gibson one that came out a couple years ago i didn't like that one (laughs) um what else i'm trying to uh we rewatched zodiac Oh, nice. Yeah, kind of, oh, yeah. I, we're in like a serial killer thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Big time, yeah, apparently. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I think TV's been the new stuff mostly. Um, but I really like The Great. That's probably my big recommendation right now. I do like The Great. So. It's pretty great. Yeah. Yay! Yay. Cool. We podcasted! <laughs> <laughs> Well, good. Uh, well, it's always lovely talking to you guys. And Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Time. Thank you for having me, for sure. Stay safe out there, okay? Absolutely. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks Sounds for good. listening, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.